Welcome to the podcast from Eden Worship Center. Because we believe that it is God's Word that does God's work in God's people, we want you to hear the gospel preached in the gathering of believers. We want you to read it for yourself and to join us as we think together and talk together about the sermon from this past week and what's going on in our world. You can join the conversation by sending in your comments and questions to EdenWC at Hotmail.com. May God cause His Word to come alive in your heart today. All right, everybody, welcome to the EWC Midweek Podcast. Pastor Matt here and a stranger who you may not recognize. <laughs> Pastor John. The, the prodigal son returns. <laughs> That's good. Uh, this pastor who was dead to me has returned. <laughs> and boy, did I get tired of pig food. Man. Hopefully it wasn't that kind of trip. <laughs> yeah. No, th- a little bit better. Let's hope. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pastor John, if you don't know, has been out for the last month on a support raising trip with his family, looking forward to uh, a time where they will be stepping into domestic missions here, but yes. trying to raise support for that in uh, anticipation of it. So been gone for a month. Yes. A, a lot of ground, a lot crazy. of territory that you guys have covered. Yes. Yeah, it, it was quite the trip. Uh, Did you come home with a southern accent since you were in the south most of the time? I was wondering if I would get it back. I never had the real deep one when I lived in Georgia since my dad was Air Force and I was was raised in America. Transplant. Yes. Transplant. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but having lived in Georgia, I did get a little bit of one. And I was like, I wonder, because we were in the south the entire time, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. And I was wondering if I would. But strangely enough, even though I didn't, Aubrey did. Oh yeah. Uh, sometimes she'll say something and it's got that twang, a little to bit it. of drawl to it. <laughs> yep. Uh, I she everywhere we went, she had girls her age, and so I mean she was uh-huh. constantly immersed. Yes. Yep. immersed in culture. Uh, now usually that points to something of a musical ear in a person or a child because oh. uh, they sort of hear that that musical cadence yeah. and pick up on it quicker than other people do. Interesting. That that can be a curse and a blessing <laughs> <laughs> because yes. uh, if you ask some of my family, uh, there are times where, and I won't say any names, but people in our family who might break out in an accent and not just in the South, but in, I don't know, say a Mexican restaurant, which oh, no. happened in Mexico one time, <laughs> or an Indian restaurant. like, oh. And it's like not disrespectful. It's just sort of like singing in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we should strike this from the podcast and start over <laughs> just sharing our public shame. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh. So tell us a little bit about your trip. Well, uh it started out pretty uneventfully for the first 30 minutes. Uh, and then, the uh, first 30 minutes, uh, we, we got out a little late cause it was icy that morning and, uh, we got to Illinois and we started, we were heading South. Uh, and what were you driving in? Uh, our big 15 passenger van. Yeah. Uh, the, the Yoder toter, even though you're Mormons. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh, right. Okay. Yes. Uh, which we're very glad we had for this trip. Yeah. Uh, I imagine. Yeah. The Odyssey, it holds eight. But very tightly with no cargo space. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so we passed through tornadoes uh, in Illinois and then severe thunderstorms where the it having lived in the mountains in Maryland and having been in blizzards, these thunderstorms looked like a blizzard. The wow. rain was coming down so hard and it was, the rain was completely horizontal. Went through all that, and after the tornadoes and the thunderstorms, realized that the temporary tag... The still small voice. <laughs> yes. That was your opportunity was to over-spiritualize Man. the whole deal. <laughs> Man. Can we, can we rewind? Back up. Back. No, they, they got it. <laughs> Loud and clear. Uh, so after all that, we discovered the temporary tag on our license plate had been sacrificed uh-huh. to the storms. Because you guys had just got this vehicle. We had just gotten uh-huh. it. Uh, and... So we, that was in Illinois. We still had uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Mississippi was our destination. So we still had to get th- all the way through the rest of Illinois and two other states, plus driving through Mississippi. And so it was some white-knuckle driving after that. Tornadoes, thunderstorms, whatever. Driving without a license plate in a large, white, 15-passenger van full of children and no license plate. I mean, that's not a red flag at all to uh, law enforcement. Uh, but 
We yeah. did. I I passed uh, two law enforcement and then three law enforcement officers on the way actually passed us. Oh, okay. And well, obviously we didn't get stopped because here we are. Yeah. Uh, so the blessings of God <laughs> were upon us because that was scary, actually. Uh, more scary than driving in the tornadoes and uh, thunderstorms. Uh-huh. Uh, That's funny. Uh, Andrea, uh, thankfully, mailed our license plate to us overnight when it did finally get here. So, oh, okay. Uh, but that wasn't until Alabama. So we left Mississippi and drove all the way across Mississippi and Alabama without plates again. But in Mississippi, all that to say, uh, we did a father-son retreat there for Life Action. I taught it that. And it, it was a great way to start our trip. Uh, with the support raising, uh, it was a great weekend, a great retreat, father sons, and then we also picked up some supporters from that. Okay, uh, just because the Lord made an impact on them during uh, the time of teaching there, and we're like, this is going to be an awesome trip. Good. And then crickets for a month. <laughs> uh, now, so when you guys left, where where were we at as far as like support? Percentage. Uh, we were at sixty-seven. Okay. Um, we we were at seventy, um, but with the economy and some job situations, some of sure. our supporters uh, very understandably had to to back out. Yeah. Uh, so we went from seventy back to sixty-seven. So uh, that was a, a little discouraging, but we understood why. Uh, so we were at sixty-seven when we left. And then with the, the supporters we picked up from that weekend, uh, that took us up to uh, 75. So we're like, wow, we, we made up uh, <laughs> right. what we lost and then some sort of 75. And one great thing is that when we went down there, when we started our trip, I should say, so when we started our trip, um, I had uh, engagements at three churches to, to share. Uh, and within a couple of weeks, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night and every Wednesday night, but one, um, I was either preaching the Sunday morning service or sharing at the Sunday night service or the Wednesday night service. So God really did just all of a sudden fill up our calendar yeah. with opportunities to share, um, opportunities also to share with individuals outside of church. Right. And I think that's an important component, especially for EWC people who are kind of tracking along, but from a distance. Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, Facebook is nice and Facebook is terrible. <laughs> yes. By the way, I'm going to land on Facebook is terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have people, people be like, oh, did you see what John and Carrie did? I'm like, no, I don't look at Facebook. So <laughs> if it's on Facebook, I don't see it. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I did go on and look. But <laughs> it, it can give you the, the wrong impression of what's happening. You're like, oh, yeah. oh oh, it looks like they're having a wonderful vacation. <laughs> yes. But in actuality, you, you had you know the, the services stacked up where, where you get to yeah. speak to congregations. But it wasn't just about congregations. I know before we talked, mm-hmm. uh, it's, like, it, it's like that crowd mentality. You can talk to a congregation, mm-hmm. and you're really not engaging that many people right. in the congregation. And yep. if you are, it's not that deeply. Yeah. But a yeah. lot of what you guys had wanted to do was you had specific people you wanted to talk one-on-one with and then yep. hopefully have them help organize conversations with other people as well. Yes. Uh, which, yes. how do you translate that into Facebook without being super creepy? You know, yeah. you're, you're like talking to somebody like, hold on, I'm going to live stream this. All right. <laughs> yes. Can we all get a selfie? Yeah, just so everybody can see. Yeah. But look sad. Don't look happy. They'll think we're on vacation. <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. So how did those uh, conversations go? Uh, they weren't... They, they rent really well. Really, really well. That's uh, the southern thing coming out. Yes. <laughs> Went real well right there. Man, had some good times. Good talking. Um, now, they, they went really well. Uh, we were able to, like I said, engage with people in a way that you just can't when you're either preaching on a Sunday morning yeah. or giving a presentation on a Sunday night. Which, again, are good. Right. They're good. Uh, I mean, the being able to preach on a Sunday morning... Uh, either on the family or revival, you know, encapsulating what we're going to be doing with Life Action, that made people, that clued them into what is it these people are passionate about mm-hmm. um, and being able to see our heart so that when we did get to talk to them on a more individual level, um, we're able to have a, a deeper conversation. Right. Because they already knew where we stood and where our heart was. Yep. Um, 
And so being able to preach on the Sunday mornings and share on the Sunday nights was kind of a good icebreaker and a good primer yep. uh, for when we got to talk to people uh, on that individual basis. Uh, so it was very beneficial to do those things. But yeah, it really was the talking to individuals uh, that we were, we were hoping for and wanting to do. And uh, all of it really went well uh, as far as being able to connect with people and uh, them seeing, catching the vision of what we were doing. And even though it seemed to be going really well, it, it didn't seem to be translating into what we were hoping it would translate into, yeah. uh, which was financial support, which sounds really bad. Oh, let's make some connections so they give us money. That's not really... <laughs> there again, it doesn't capture the heart of it. It doesn't capture the heart of it, yes. Uh, At least for Kara. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was starting the conversation off. I really want to connect, but I want to know up front, are you going to give us money? No. By the end, John's wearing like a top hat. He's got the Monopoly Man monocle in his eyeball. <laughs> uh, it, I, it is this weird thing where you, you want people to catch the vision of what you're doing even if they don't financially support yep. you. Yep. But the reason we were going was to raise support. Right. Because uh, it, it, as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, money is the answer for everything in that it, it does take money to, to be able to minister full time. Yeah. Uh, we, we have to put food on the table. Uh, so yeah, it, it was a support raising trip, but it didn't seem... After about a month, you know, that, that first uh, weekend where we picked up supporters that very first weekend and booted us up to 75%, we're like, wow, this, this is going to be an awesome trip. Yeah. And then all these speaking engagements started uh, lining up unexpectedly, uh, which... In the Hopefully s- expectedly. Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like you yes. disappear for a month and it's like... <laughs> Mostly it was going to be the beach. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I should say, we were hoping that these yes. things would occur. Uh, uh, although I did discover I should have taken, it, it's the South, uh-huh. and very traditional, and I had no tie or sport coat with me. So next time I'll take a tie and sport coat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now... They were forgiving. See, now when you said it's the South more traditional and I had just said beach and I was thinking your Speedo you know, just didn't <laughs> blend in to the Christian vibe, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so many things I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> and keeping going. Uh, keep, yeah, keeping going. But like, uh, tell us a little bit about what type of churches, because I, I know at least oh, yeah. one of them was like a church that you've had a lot of relationship with like yes. growing up and yeah it was actually the church i got saved in um they're they're a methodist church they uh man i hadn't seen them for about 30 years wow uh, about 30 years since i had been there uh and so that was one of the sunday mornings where we didn't have anything lined up and so i said hey we're going to be in on this date what time are the services because we just wanted to yeah to to be there because usually when when we're down there it's just for a week uh to see my dad yep. so we go to church with my dad yeah uh, so i hadn't been to buckhorn for like i said 30 years so we were just going to visit and then i think it was thursday before that uh, before we we're going to be there i got a message hey would you like to share while you're here uh I'm like no not at all not at all <laughs> uh so it was yeah that's awesome pretty awesome to be able to share there uh you know, after 30 years and, uh, it was, it was actually, yeah, I, I, I tear got choked up a little bit, mm. you know, standing before these people who were responsible for me coming to the Lord and, uh, pouring their lives into me and then standing before them 30 years later saying, because of how you allowed the Lord to use you, this is what I'm going to be doing now. Yeah. Uh, and just, and they got choked up seeing this, this thing coming full circle, uh, of, yeah, that's of great. all that. So it, it was really awesome to, to be able to be there and, uh, having some people from the church supporting me and then just got a message, uh, last night, in fact, that the church, uh, voted that night, uh, cause that was Sunday morning okay. and they were having a meeting that night to vote on some things for the church. I had no idea I was one of them. Um, right. but yeah, the church is going to pick me up, uh, 
to support us also. Praise God. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was that was really uh, a pleasant surprise coming from the church since we had just planned on visiting uh, just to see the people again. Yeah, and uh, reconnect. So yeah, that was really encouraging. Then uh, another church that uh, I preached at this past Sunday morning was actually one. It was the church that Karen and I started uh, where we noticed one another uh, <laughs> <laughs> while we were still single uh, team members 20 some odd years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that, and it was cool being back at that church and the memories that we Did had you guys like sit on opposite sides and make eyes at each other just to reenact <laughs> the moment? Like that, that would have, we should have done that at least on opposite ends of the pew with the kids in between us just to really embarrass wink, the wink, kids. Wink, wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> yeah. This is what it was like, kids. Drink it in. Drink it in. Drink it in. <laughs> and it, it was really cool. The My host family, that, that summit, is actually what really set me on the path for having a heart for family ministry and family worship because that was the first time with that host dad, uh, the first time I had ever seen a dad like, praying over his children yeah. with them there. They, they right. had a time of family worship that they included, uh, me and the other guys that were staying with them. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like family worship or even heard of it. Right. Uh, and so it was, it was awesome to be back in the home with, with our kids. That's where we stayed uh, okay. while we were there. Okay. I uh, was with that same host family. and uh, That's a fun full circle again. Yes, yes, yep. yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they voted to support us as well. Okay. Uh, again, unexpected blessings. Uh, cause I was there to just to talk to the people. And then, uh, when I said, Hey, we're going to stop by visit with you. He's like, Hey, you want to do my Sunday school class and preach while you're here? Oh, nice. And, uh, so yeah, yeah, let's do it. So it, it was just so cool seeing these churches where it really has come full circle, whether it was my, the church I got saved at or this church where mine and cares relationships started. Yeah. Uh, and where I, I caught the first glimpse of what family worship is, uh, that it was, it was actually a thing. Right. Uh, seeing all these happening, these things happening as I'm getting to speak at these churches, uh, and then several other churches in the area that, uh, I'd had a, a background with some of the people there. Uh, the best man at my wedding, he had started going to uh, another church because he and his wife moved. Uh, and it's a church I'd spoken at as a teenager. Okay. Uh, wow. So yeah, it was a, a great trip, but all of that again, uh, we were at 75% after this first weekend and we had about four days off that it, it really was then just a breather. Uh, we were with my sister and brother-in-law. We were at a beach house that they right because you guys have a lot of family down there yes. as well. Yeah, yep. and uh, so this the, from Wednesday through Saturday, uh, it was kind of a mini vacation. Then we were at a beach house, and at that time, speedo. <laughs> Kara was not supposed to share those pictures. Man. Kara, if you're listening to this and you have those pictures, you share them with me right now. I promise I will not use it against John. And it... <laughs> I realized I should stop that promise because if that picture would arrive. Yes. Oh, yeah. It would happen. I don't think it's on. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, listener, it's very low probability that John ever has even owned a Speedo. So Actually, I, I, I do have a pair of Speedos, and I did wear them while we were there. They were Speedo flip-flops. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, so. so I guess there could be a picture of me. <laughs> here's, here's a little funny diversion. Uh, when I was a kid, Mom and Dad, if you're listening to this, you can chime in and agree. Uh we didn't call them flip flops as a kid. Uh, we called them thongs. Oh yes. So yep. So your speedos <laughs> were thongs. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> we're done. All right. Good. Uh, I don't even know if I I want to see myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna quit on myself in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so part of my thought was. Um, you know, you're on this trip, you have all of these experiences, mm -hmm. all these different places, all these different people. And then you get back to like home church on a Sunday morning mm -hmm. and 
you can either a do the really awkward, uh, like having everybody else sit in on your family photo session, you know, it's like, right. In this one, you know, and, (laughs) and then it's just this long ordeal and it still doesn't capture kind of the essence of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I thought, man, we can, we can sit down and talk a little bit about this in detail and hopefully point people on Sunday to like, Hey, check out the the podcast because, uh, some of those, and I was struck when you were talking, <coughs> some of those experiences that you describe as full circle mm-hmm. are, I think they're important for us to think in this season, especially this season with your family. Oh, yeah. Because uh, th- there's a temptation to go um, like it's a it's a race. There, there's a start date. There's a start time for John and Kara. And then there's a finish line. With John and Kara. Right. This is when they were part of our church and part of our life and blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then start, finish, gone. And, you know, it, I think that's a bad way to think either about church life, mm-hmm. uh, fellowship and membership, one of another, uh, right. even even seasonal things in our life. Mm-hmm. It, sometimes it's just not helpful to think of a start line and finish line as opposed to if you run not a sprint, but you run the whole race, yeah, it almost always ends up coming back around and there's reconnections and, and oh, there's, yeah. there's things that God brings in people and places in and out of our lives at different mm-hmm. seasons. And if we, if we don't just dismiss it, like, well, that, that was a season and now either onto something better or this is so much worse. You know what I mean? Right it, right. it depends on what it is that we look at, you know, and what time of year we're looking at it. You know, mm-hmm. you look at December 30th or something like that. <laughs> you got like two days till uh, new year's and everybody's yeah. like, Oh, thank God this year's over. Oh, right. As if, you know, magically that's an end line. Yeah. And in reality, you know, God is working in these concentric circles in our lives. Yes. And, and what a glorious thing when you can actually stand there mm-hmm. and see the people and they can see you of, you got to see my start line in the faith. Yep. And here's where I am now. You were part of this part of the journey. Here's where it is now. And yeah. And that, yeah. I think that's an important thing for our people thinking about you guys and transitioning. Oh yeah. To, you know, th- this sort of next phase of the mm-hmm. race that this isn't a start line to end line that this is just the next leg of the race Yeah, and that there's still that continuing connection and things coming back around. And when I look at all of it, <clears throat> there's not a, a single church uh, that we've been involved with that has not been uh, an integral part of where we are now and where we're going. Yeah. Um, every single step of the journey has brought us to where we are, which means every step of the journey really is still with us. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't matter if it's support, mm-hmm. encouragement, prayer, mm-hmm. financial, like all mm-hmm. of those things. Cause I know for some of them, uh, it's kind of like you described with individuals and I know it's happened with churches in the past mm-hmm. where, man, we're not in a place right now where, you know, X, Y, and Z financially, Yeah. but there's that support, encouragement, yeah. uh, you know, that, <clears throat> that mutual fellowship that one with anotherness, even yeah. if they're all the way over there and you're yep. all the way over here. Yep. And so every, every church has a part in the ministry that we are going to be having with life action. So yeah, it's not that, Oh yeah, you were a part of our life back then. Um, I mean the, the impact that the people at Eden have had on us and the things that we've learned in ministry here at Eden are exactly what God is using as we go to life action, uh, not not something better, just a different yeah. part of the race. Not a it's yeah, it's not a better or worse. It's the next. Yeah, uh, and so anything I'm going to be doing at life action, God used Eden and Pleasant View and Edgemont and Buckhorn to prepare me. Yeah, to be right. to be yeah. a life action. Therefore, all those churches are part of the ministry that we're going to be having. Yeah. Uh, again, like you said, whether it's moral support, spiritual support, financial support, what, whatever it may be, they're all a part of it. Yeah. Which calling you awesome. on any, any given Thursday and just rebuking you, <laughs> just, just chastising you. I saw what you posted on Facebook. <laughs> you know, it's one of the things I was thinking about this week and, um, 
it's helpful to it, when we think about these things to frame them in the right concept. Because if you think mm-hmm. sprint, start, and finish, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> you you know you're following along and like, oh man, it, John and Kara were here, and then you know you read something online like we are so excited to go to life action. <laughs> and it can it can almost you know it, no I haven't heard that it has but it mm. could come across like this race eh, this race ooh oh, you know yeah. but yeah. It, okay so that's why thinking about it in that way is really unhelpful right change it think about a relay race where they're they're running this distance but there's several of them running in tandem mm-hmm. and every single handoff. Uh, starts with mm. just this burst of excitement, this burst of energy where yes. uh, you had one person, now you have two people running and they're, they're running uh, together, together, and then comes the handoff and then that one runs away. Mm. Yeah. And the, like the one who handed it off doesn't go, son of a gun, they stole my <laughs> baton. I'm going to call the police because I know where they're coming. They're coming right here to the other side of the track. You know, with each one, there is an excitement in the handoff because each one builds on the next. You can't, you can't get to the end of the race unless there's been like three handoffs already. Yes. And it, yeah. each one has actually contributed to that finish line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I mean, you think about all of our lives, not, not just somebody who's going into missions work. Mm-hmm. All of our lives, there has, uh, this week we were talking about discipleship. There has been a succession of discipleship handoffs yeah. that have happened for all of us. That yep. The people God used when we came to faith. Uh, the people God used in early discipleship with us. That I made a joke about rebuking and correcting, but <laughs> the people God brought into our life specifically to correct mm-hmm. us, yeah. you know, and yeah. maybe rebuke us <clears throat> when we needed it, yep. and still do. And, by the way, yes, yes. I mean that other people, not you and me. Yeah, you know. <laughs> we're beyond that. Way, way, way more spiritual. Way. But I mean, you know, we need that, and you have this succession of handoffs in our lives mm-hmm. that has to be continuing if we're still going to be a disciple. Otherwise, yeah. like, what do we do? Graduate out of being a disciple? Like, right. No longer a disciple of Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I can put that on the shelf and move on to the next thing. Yeah. Yep. I, I saw a, uh, a comedy interview. It, I mean, it wasn't real, but it, it was just this comedy interview. And the, the guy asked his guest, who was Jewish, and he, he asked him, you know, are, are you a practicing Jew? And he says, no, I've perfected it. <laughs> <laughs> Which yes. you, you hear, you hear somebody make that joke. Like if you don't know it's a joke, number one, it sounds super arrogant. Yeah, but we don't actually say those words out loud. But how mm. many people who are are solid in their Christian walk go, "Well, I was a disciple back then." Yeah, you know, I, I yeah. really, I don't have anything to learn now. Yeah, really. Yeah, disciple means students. I'm a master now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, there is that thing where you have this constant uh, growth. Mm-hmm. Leaning on other people, drawing from other people, but also hopefully as you're growing, pouring into other people. Yeah. Which, I mean, think about this this giant relay race that you guys are running. That's the whole point of this. Yeah. That you yeah. guys could give yourselves to just pouring into families and pouring into, you know, churches that come to the camp and individuals that come to the mm-hmm. camp. Uh, it's it is a beautiful final leg to right. this, you know, in the like five, six short years that you have left to live. Cause you are, <laughs> I am you are old. really advanced in age. When I cough, dust comes out. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it shouldn't that be like the last leg of our race, no matter yeah. how long that leg is, you yeah. know, that we're, we're taking all this that we've sort of gathered and we're pouring it into those who would come next. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's, <clears throat> Or with family ministry, when you, if you preach a sermon on family ministry, a lot of times the older folks kind of check out, yeah, not realizing, no, 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 we abs, you are the family ministry in a church, yeah. Uh, the the older folks who, well, my kids are already out of the house, I'm like that puts you in prime time for family ministry, yeah. Or it, you know, thinking of because I I love the phrase family worship. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, number one, it transitions us from discipleship, not discipleship, devotions, mm. which is sort of taken on a check off the box type of life on, yeah. of its own. You know, yeah. this is something I do, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, okay, so what about single people? Uh, what about people who maybe never had kids? You know what? Yep. How do they fit into that? Well, the, the call is 
as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So yes. uh, for me, it starts with me. You know, whether there's a whole bunch of others attached to me, it has to start with me. Yeah. Uh, but then also, it's a reminder that it's not just my house. Like, our house is attached to God's house. Yes. Like, if, if you are single, Paul actually looks at that and goes, this is better. Yeah. You are more capable of being available to serve the Lord yeah. than the one who's tied down with wife and kids and, yep. and all this stuff. The more freed up you are, the, the more at call you can be yeah. for the work of God. Yeah. If I were single, I would not have to raise the amount that I need. Yeah, stinking um, kids. <laughs> we're looking right at you, Mormon kids. <laughs> <laughs> what a burden. <laughs> I mean, yes. we, really, we, we talk a lot in the church about the blessing of children and and I think rightly so mm-hmm. but we don't we don't usually temper that with and yet that availability and maybe yeah. that availability just came because of season of life right you know kids are grown or yeah. you know other circumstances and at, at that point you can be reminded okay this as for me is me but mm-hmm. the rest of this family I'm going to wrap into the family of God yes and invest in that rather than yeah. just sort of retreating back which I think is a, a depressing response to the, the upward call of the blessing of family. And if we communicate it in a way that makes those who are most available yes, because they're single, because they're, yeah. they're not tied down, whatever it is, if we do it in such a way that makes them retreat out of the family of God and yep. into hiding in their house with the door locked and the windows <laughs> down, you know, yes. like, oh, that's tragic. You, you are most available. Go get it. Yeah. Yeah. Spend every evening out with the family of God. Yes. Invest your life in them, just like we're called to do with these little rugrats that live in our house. Yeah. Right? Same yeah. deal. Yeah. Th- those who are married and don't have children, rather than feeling less than or ostracized by the whole family thing, man, there are so many kids in churches who don't have a godly influence in their home. Yeah. What a great opportunity not to retreat but to make use of the time. Yep. Uh, there's, oh, there's a kid who doesn't have that godly influence. Let's be that. Let's model a godly marriage so that when they go to get married, they don't start from scratch. Yep. Uh, yeah. Let's go be family to them. Yep. Because yep. we've been joined in Christ. Been joined in Christ, yes. So one of the phrases that I uh, had used on Sunday in thinking about discipleship and, the, and this call to follow Jesus, uh, but to lead others in that um, was specifically talking about family worship, that it is, if you say this is a requirement of all people, therefore mm. you must do this. Mm. Well, then we've added to the gospel. Yeah. And by the way, we've added legalism that within about a generation and a half will lose all of its spiritual power and merit yeah. and just be like every other cultish thing that you look at It'll where you come like fit, like you said, devotions, a checklist, checklist. Yep. Dress like this checklist. Yep. Act like this <clears throat> checklist, you know, and you can spot them. They all look alike and sound alike, you know, and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's depressing. Uh, but rightly seen. And, and here was the phrase, uh, family worship as that act of, uh, submission and devotion and wrapping our family around God becomes one of the greatest tools that we have for evangelism and discipleship of our kids. Yes. And, and those associated with our kids. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, concentric circles and uh, outside yeah. family and neighbors. And, you know, it just sort of <laughs> keeps going. Yeah. But shrink that down and the people you're going to have the most contact with are probably the ones who also live in your house. Yeah. This becomes a immeasurable tool for evangelism and discipleship. Yeah. Having those, those gospel-shaped conversations, uh, prioritizing that, modeling mm-hmm. that. And I, I heard a great story. I was talking with a guy from church this week who, uh, in the last several months, they've been doing what I, I think many, if not most of our families have been doing, which is, is prioritizing family worship, oh, yeah. uh, trying to build this into our families. And uh, they're not necessarily a musical family. <laughs> so they've been, get on YouTube and, and yeah. pull songs off there. And uh, things that are associated with, with stuff that they are learning and studying. And it, like there's, there's some songs out there that help reinforce catechisms and, and things mm-hmm. like that we were talking about. But uh, he said, as they have 
done that and started singing together as a family, even though not feeling terribly musical. Uh, what has happened is kids who are pretty shy, who never sing along on a Sunday, oh, uh -huh. he's noticed in the last couple of weeks, they're singing in the congregation of saints. That's awesome. That's discipleship. Yes. Like you, you're peeling <laughs> away that observer performance mentality of coming uh -huh. to church, which is, I think the opposite of what we've been called to in fellowship. Yeah. yeah. yeah which is why that, that whole attractional church model, uh, I think is missing that whole component. Yes. Right? There, there's pluses and minuses, right? But uh, making it possible for kids who maybe aren't strong singers and mm -hmm. maybe are kind of shy and don't want anybody to hear them sing, yeah. but you're training them in righteousness in a way that says, uh, this song is heard in the tents of the righteous. Yeah. yeah. Just... Yes. Yes. Beautiful. I, I heard that story in the last couple of days and I'm like, That's I am really sharing cool. that in the midweek podcast. Cause that, that is something I hadn't even thought of, mm. even mm. though we've been working really hard to try and build some of this musical repertoire. And we're going to oh, keep yeah. working at yeah. that, by the way, uh, we recorded these awesome five songs while you were gone and yes. slap them yeah. on uh, YouTube and Facebook. And, and it, here's the great thing about it, by the way, here's a secret for all of you non-singers out there. Uh, if you feel awkward and go, I can't really carry a tune and it's already weird singing in my living room. Congratulations. We put 20 kids on the screen <laughs> who some of them sing beautifully and there are moments of beautiful singing. And then there's the rest of it where <laughs> yeah, the rest of it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just about volume and production, <laughs> uh, which means that you can sing along with it. Never, ever again, having to worry about what I sound like. <laughs> and by the way, they get away with it because they're adorable. They're kids, yes. I wish you could have been here to see uh, when we started doing the first couple songs, because uh -uh. uh, all these kids are, are up there on the stage and then all the parents are standing in the back. And, uh, and they're just sort of watching and, you know, like there, you know, and you, you have that whole like little, uh, elementary school presentation type yes. thing going on. And then they start singing. Uh, I don't remember what the first song was, um, singing, whatever the first song was. And it was, I picked one that I knew the kids would have known the best and the longest Oh, uh -huh. engagement, you know, yeah, let, let's get yeah. them singing. And all of a sudden, all of these kids start, start like aggressively singing this <laughs> and all the parents are in the back. They're like, <laughs> like wiping tears away and <laughs> snotting. Well, then the parents get so excited and I cut this out of the videos. Uh, they start actively talking, like aggressively oh. loudly talking because <laughs> you know, the whole thing, it's just like sparking off. Oh yeah. And then, so after we recorded the first song, we're like, all right, parents, you got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to talk, but you can't do it in here because we're trying to record. But it, there is something just exciting about seeing our children and the next generation because it doesn't just oh, have yeah. to be our children. Right. You know, again, the Apostle Paul is going to say, uh, I have many children in the Lord. Yeah. And you you don't have you have a whole bunch of teachers. You don't have a whole lot of spiritual fathers. That, right. That's that mentorship. That's that passing of the baton. Yep. Uh, and he's like, in Christ, in the gospel, I've become that to you. And when we see yeah. them get it, even if it's just a little kid singing along, yes, our hearts are like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. get all melty. Absolutely. Kind of encouraging, I thought. That's awesome. Right, so uh, maybe just one more thing from the uh, sermon. We won't drag this out too long. Um and it, it maybe is just an encouragement for weary parents who are out there. Uh, the weary Christians who, uh, it, I want to say you're doing the best you can. That, that's a phrase we use all the time. Oh, right. Uh, if that was actually true, we wouldn't feel bad about it. <laughs> you know, we, now we say it, we're yeah. like, you know, listen, I'm doing the best I can. Only then peel away the people. Uh-huh peel away all of the explanations and excuses. And we have this sort of ache in our heart, like, Oh no, I could have done more. Yeah. It's, I should have done the, more. Are you though? The, yeah. <laughs> Doing the best I can. Are you though? That guy. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think part yeah. of the uh, encouragement to the weary Christian uh, is God has not called us to make microwave disciples. Yes. The instant 
boom, pop them in. And what comes out 30 seconds to a minute, 30 seconds later is a fully formed, well-cooked <laughs> Christian, you know, yep. uh, looks good, smells good, tastes good. Uh, in fact, if you, I, <laughs> I told people on Sunday, I'm like, just try this out the next time you cook your uh, family turkey. Just see how it works. Just throw that dog <laughs> in the microwave for, you know, 12 <laughs> minutes and then enjoy. You'll, you'll have created enjoy. like a giant rock of turkey jerky <laughs> that is inedible. You know, yes. when we try and make fast disciples, that's where we either, we either veer off into legalism yep. or uh, when we don't see those instant results, we just slip into hopelessness. Yep. Well, you know, I guess it didn't work. Yep. It didn't take with them. That God hasn't called us to make microwave disciples. God's in the business of making crockpot disciples. Mm. It's a little here. It's yep. a little there. Stretched out over a long period of time, which means at the beginning, there's things that you don't get. And, yeah. and parents that you don't get right. Yep. Christian, that you don't get right. Yeah. Uh, and then progressive revelation. God opens your eyes to something. And you're like, Oh, yes. He didn't do that so that you just feel bad about the last 10 years right. for the next 10 years. That <laughs> that's stupidity. Yes. It's God has been building like every one of those churches you talked about. Like uh, one was for salvation. Yeah. One was for hooking up with a cool chick. One was for <laughs> The dating church. That's the right thought. Will, will you please just refer to it as the dating the church dating from church. now on? Yes. Oh my gosh. When your kids get to that certain age, you send them down there for two weeks. To, all right, go to the dating church. Look around. Well, considering that family uh, has like right now eight daughters that are the right age. Liam, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Aiden, fine-tune your heart right now. Yes. (laughs) But God uses each one of those not to do the whole thing, the whole work in us, which, Christian, take a breath. Parents, take a breath. God hasn't called you to do the whole thing right now, Mm -hmm. which is why family worship that lasts five minutes is fantastic. Right. Also 10 and 30, assuming your kids are old enough. Right. Uh, But even even past that, uh, it's this small bit consistently over a long period of time that forms our soul, forms the way that we uh, think about things, forms the way we see ourselves, the way we see God, the world around us. Yeah. And that's a crockpot disciple. Yes. And I, I just, I heard somebody, I don't even remember who I heard use that phrase. I didn't, I didn't come up with it in case you (laughs) think I'm really smart. No, I'm just a good thief. Uh, I heard somebody else (laughs) use that phrase. Uh, and I thought, man, that is like, the best visual representation oh, yeah. I can think of. That is. Uh, that it, if I do family worship with Killian, thinking with <clears throat> the purpose I'm doing is that when I'm done with our 15 minutes, Killian <laughs> is going to be on the level of John MacArthur. Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm going to be discouraged and disillusioned. Yeah. Um, but with Killian, if I do it with the purpose in mind, he's going to learn that it's important to sit down as a family and open the Bible and pray together and read, then I've got my crock pot on the right setting. Yep. Yeah. And you can't be in a hurry. Can't be in a hurry. If you've ever, if you've ever done crock pot meals and when we were pretty young, newly married, that was sort of the thing that we discovered like, Oh, we can do this on a Sunday. Uh, And so, you know, you, you throw a roast in there, early in the morning and it's frozen and you got all like all the vegetables and stuff in it. And you just turn it on and go to church. Yep. And then you come home and lunch cooked itself, which worked great until we were living in Sturgis and Danielle was pregnant. Oh man. I don't know if it was McKay or Mary. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, one of the girls, she's pregnant with one of the girls. And in that time where the least little thing can set your stomach off, and yeah, that yes. you know where this is going. So uh, we had got a deer, and we're cooking a deer roast. And we come home. She walks into the kitchen just to check, like you do, and you just pull the lid off. Like I, I'm just gonna smell, yeah. see where things yeah. are at. Only rather than having this rich sort of roast flavor to it that came out, it was real gamey. Oh, and no. then she ran around the corner and threw up in the bathroom. <laughs> And then didn't make roast for four years. <laughs> yes. Yep. Which I actually think that's a common Christian mistake. We, mm. we anticipate, 
I, I, I love Paul's description. Like, all right, to those who are perishing, we are the fragrance of death. Yeah. Uh, but to those who are being saved, uh, we are the aroma of life. Like we, mm-hmm. we smell like Jesus has been around us. Oh, Just yes. a oh, yes. beautiful figurative picture of that. But then we get around people and we want microwave results. And we're like, what's that I'm picking up? <laughs> that doesn't smell like Jesus, friend. You know, yeah. maybe I've been wrong about this whole thing. You know, yep. kick them to the side. Or even worse, you, you throw the frozen roast in the crock pot and you check it in an hour, and it may have some things on the outside that that almost look like you're headed in the right direction, mm-hmm. but the center is hard and frozen. Yes. And then we go. I guess I was wrong. Yep. And I guess you're not allowed. Toss it all out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> We'll move on to the next child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> Step aside. I, and I, I think just a reminder, like God, number one, salvation belongs to the Lord. God's the one who does that. Yes. Uh, sanctification belongs to the Lord. Yep. Now we're called to uh, speak the truth in love, uh, model these things, sacrifice ourselves for the good of others. Uh, if you're the... The disciple, you're called to submit to the truth of God's word. But that only happens when the Holy Spirit of God indwelling his believer is working sanctification. Like it comes from the inside out. Oh, yeah. Not the other way around. Yeah. So we can put up all kinds of good legalism things that make you look like you're part of the club. Yeah. That's back to the cults. Yep. Uh, It's when the Holy Spirit accomplishes that work. Yeah. His good work in the life of the believer, in the life of families, in the life of churches, that we see not only the image of Christ, but the fragrance of Christ represented. Yep. And it that's beautiful. But yeah, come on, let's be honest. That's way down the crock pot road. Oh, yeah. I, <clears throat> Karen and I have looked at with going to life action and just traced back through everything and how from getting saved at 15, every step stop along the way... God has used to develop something in me uh, for the next stop, where he developed something in me for the next stop and the next stop and the next stop until eventually back at Life Action, which I'm sure he's going to develop something in me for the next stop. Yeah. But so Life Action has been a, this next stop for us has been a 35-year crock pot. I mean, that's a slow <laughs> simmer. Uh, but... It, uh-huh. it is exactly that. I uh-huh. I can look at specific things God has developed in me and worked on in me at each stop along the way that that absolutely prepared me for the next. Yeah, uh, it, it really has been a great. I hope my kids aren't as foolish as I have been that it takes thirty five years. Um, but and yet uh, it does. <laughs> and, yet and yet it, it does. does. Yeah. Uh, so it. it Absolutely, if people would take the time just to look at their own lives and how God has worked, I think go a long way in helping them with their own children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This this really is a crock pot. Yep. Uh, uh, and it, maybe this is a good verse to end us on um, that God hasn't called you to this because of your gifts and talents. Uh, you probably had those when you were young. Mm-hmm. But you were just an idiot, you know. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it, think about yeah all of our lives when we were young. Man, there were gifts and talents, and we thought we could take on the world. But we were young and dumb yes. and arrogant and naive. And God had invested us with these great gifts, and He's like, "Now, I'm going to put you in the crockpot of life and mm-hmm. spiritual development for the next." 40 years, and <laughs> yeah. we're going to soften that hardened heart. We're going to work off those rough edges. Yeah. And that God hasn't called you, because maybe you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm not a pastor. So mm-hmm. I can't look back at my life and go, oh, yeah, God built this. Oh, yeah, and then I went here and God did that. And mm-hmm. like you look back and you go, I don't know, I, I got a trunk full of junk. <laughs> and, you yeah. know, I've been ready to just take the whole car in and junk it, you know. Yeah. Uh, that God doesn't call those people who are gifted and talented and say, you're the special few, right? That God's call is to be faithful. Yes. No matter what level you find yourself on Uh, and hear this in the the context of discipleship, Paul's going to tell Timothy in second Timothy two, he says, what you have heard from me, but what you have learned, what you've picked up in these handoffs that have come in the past, Mm -hmm. uh, all of these shaping things in the presence of many witnesses, 
here comes Timothy's handoff. Now you entrust them to faithful men mm-hmm. or women. That, I mean, not, now this is particularly with, with regards to the, the structure and order of the church. But uh, when you just think about general discipleship, you entrust this to somebody. What's the criteria I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. Faithful. You're, you're building faithfulness. You're calling up faithfulness. And then I, I love how it says at the end of there, who will be able to teach others also. Yes. Now, I think rightly reading this, because Paul is putting together uh, a call to Timothy, this is how you raise up elders at a church. This is how you raise up uh, overseers at a church. Mm -hmm. So there is a component of this where, okay, look for faithful men who are going to be able to teach. But I think there's also a component that the first thing you're looking for is faithful men. Yes. And then down the road, they will be able to teach. Yeah. Even if they're not quite there now. Yeah. So we, we got to be careful expositionally with this passage uh, to say he wasn't saying their abilities don't matter at all. Right. It, right. <laughs> he yeah. was pretty intentional about who it is that he's calling. But then look at the list that Paul gives Timothy for what's the criteria of uh, men who are going to serve as elders, as overseers of these church. Mm-hmm. It's all character. It's all faithfulness, yeah. faithfulness, yeah. faithfulness. And then with the elders in particular, he goes, and able to teach. Yeah. And yet this is just in general here. As the believer in that discipleship process, we should have an expectation not only of receiving teaching and encouragement and rebuke and mm-hmm. you know course correction, but then the next step is passing that on as well. Yes. And you don't have to leave and go to life action to do that. <laughs> no, you I mean, don't. really, this isn't reserved for pastors and missionaries. This is the expectation of every Christian. Yes. That we will be a disciple and we will make disciples. Yes. It's, it's character that's being cooked in the crock pot. Yeah. Uh, that, that godly character. I love the way Peter puts it when he talks about add to your faith virtue, add to your virtue uh, brotherly love. It's, it's all about character yep. that you're building up, that you're developing. Yeah. Uh, not abilities and skills. Yeah. So listener, let that be you. Let that be you uh, who pursues not only fine tuning the talents and abilities God has given you, um, not only an understanding of God's word for understanding sake. I, I think there's some who feel like I've achieved something spiritual because I, I have understanding for understanding sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, let God be working and forming his word and his spirit within you. Uh, for the sake of your soul, your character that is made in the image of God, was made to reflect his image to the world around you, mm-hmm. that day by day you might look more like Jesus. You might smell more like Jesus. Yes. I, I love that, that image. Mm-hmm. And uh, we bring glory to him in the way that we live. Amen. That's our hope. That's our prayer. Yes. So to that end, we will see you on Sunday as the church gathers together. Uh, Sunday school is at 9 a.m., Our worship service starts at 10, and Lord willing, we'll see you then. All right. All right. God God bless. bless.